Hello and welcome to the Gentle Living Podcast, a podcast for the highly sensitive soul seeking calm, balance and a more gentle way of living. My name is Becky Corbett, a holistic nurse and highly sensitive person based in sunny Brisbane, Australia. It is my mission to empower you to flourish and thrive with all the tools and resources that you need to nurture the nervous system through combining elements of science, spirituality, and intuition. I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast for episode 38. This is week three of four weeks of gentle living on today's topic, which is befriending the sensitive inner child. If this is the first time you're tuning in, I definitely recommend you go back and listen to episodes 36 and 37. I've created this as a special four-part podcast series to support you to unwind as we begin to release the year of 2021. Of course, if you are tuning in and it's no longer 2021, this series will absolutely still be helpful for you. But remember to reap the benefits of each episode. Be sure to implement the suggested practices and reflections. If you haven't already registered for the accompanying email guides for this four-part series, you can do so at www.thegentlelivingnurse.com forward slash four weeks of gentle living. You can find the link in the show notes. Each email contains a summary of the tools and prompts suggested in these episodes so that you can actually implement and integrate the practices and tools. If you're anything like me, sometimes you might come across some really great practices and you'll take note of it, but then you won't actually do it. (laughs) So I've been making it a point for myself if I'm reading a book or something that's really helpful to actually start to integrate the practices to see the benefits. Okay, whether you're a newbie to inner child work or you're familiar with it, or even if the sound of it makes you cringe a little, because yes, perhaps it is a bit more of a buzz phrase today, I believe it is absolutely essential for each and every one of us to understand. And the fact that you're tuning into this episode tells me that you are interested in befriending or exploring a little bit more about your inner child. Getting to know and understand our inner child can really help us to make sense and meaning of our current circumstances. It can give us those aha opportunities, which can then allow us to heal any recurring BS that shows up in relationships, work situations, or even in the way that we treat ourselves or the things that we allow ourselves to put up with, which we shouldn't. When we work with those aspects of ourselves, we can show up as more kinder, grounded and compassionate versions of ourselves to ourselves and to others as well, because we'll have a more in-depth understanding of what's going on for us beneath the service rather than being at the mercy, I suppose, of an inner child, which may feel as though is quite um, unregulated. So to be clear, before we get started, when I speak of soothing the inner child, I'm not speaking of exploring or unpacking childhood traumas, although it can be those things, but with a licensed or trained trauma-informed therapist. That is outside the scope of this episode. 
This episode instead aims to help you to identify how many of the stories or narratives you carry about yourself, which were actually seeded or created during childhood, and how you can begin to go about addressing and validating your unique experience in the context of being a highly sensitive person or HSP. To begin with, what is the inner child? It's not exactly clear who um, sorry who coined that exact term, although my research does indicate that it's mostly been attributed to Carl Jung, which is unsurprising because Carl Jung is a psychologist who has done a lot of work into the unconscious and subconscious mind. So. Carl Jung described the child archetype in Jungian theory in which he explored his own childlike emotions and how childhood memories were affecting him in his current day. We all have an inner child, but my own understanding of the inner child is that it's that childlike, not childish. So that's a little bit different when we think of being childish, it can conjure up images of tantrums or um, not being able to regulate emotions. It's more like that childlike part of ourselves that resides within our subconscious and unconscious minds. It's that part of ourselves which holds a sense of curiosity and wonder about the world. It's the gateway to our creativity our gateway to dreaming big, uh, allowing our imagination to run a little bit wild in a fun way, of course. The inner child also holds our repressed emotions. So those things that we were told that were not okay to express and can also hold on to old, faulty and limiting beliefs about ourselves and also the world around us. So it can be a lot of the stories that we tell ourselves which aren't necessarily true and aren't necessarily helpful. So these can then contribute to unhelpful and sometimes recurring themes in our lives. So it may be showing up for you in unhealthy relationships. You may have a tendency to date people who seem to have the same traits, or you may find yourself in work situations where although you may leave one workplace, you find yourself in a very similar situation in another workplace. So through my own inner child work and having the privilege of working with the inner child's or inner children (laughs) of some of my clients, it's become clear to me that the HSP often holds a lot of limiting beliefs and thinking formed in childhood. It's probably because as HSPs, we are very sensitive to and attuned to the environment around us. We do notice the subtleties. We can have a tendency to internalize or really take to heart negative experiences and think that they are a fault of our own. And if as children, we do internalize these experiences, they're sure to linger with us throughout our adult years unless we recognize and do the work to address them and break that cycle so that we're no longer in that cycle of dating people that aren't good for us or finding ourselves in work situations which are actually detrimental to our well-being. Many HSPs also seem to have a tendency to attend to the needs of others around them first 
And this can sometimes be at the expense of addressing their own core needs. So not actually listening to what you need, being a bit of a people pleaser or really making sure that the people around you are okay before you are. But, you know, as the airlines say, it is essential that we fit our own oxygen masks first (laughs) before we can fit the oxygen masks of others. And that applies in this instance as well. I, I really like that in terms of applying to (laughs) our lives in general. So this could be the reason that we attend to the needs of others first could be for a multitude of reasons. It could be that you learned from an early age that being sensitive made you different or weird or a little bit strange. You didn't seem to quite fit in with the crowd And as humans, there's no deeper need than the need to belong. Sorry, you might be able to hear my cat in the background. He often makes a cameo in these episodes. So just bear with me. Um, So anyhow, as I was saying, to address your core need to belong, you may have suppressed your own needs, such as to express your creativity or to feel emotionally validated. One of the biggest limiting core beliefs that we HSPs share is I'm too sensitive. Now consider where did this belief come from and what does it mean to you? I doubt this is something that you actually made up of your own accord. It would you may have you may say it to yourself a lot and it may feel as though it's come from you, but in reality it's probably come as a result of your experiences or what's been told to you. And may have been something that was said to you by a parent or a caring figure in your life, such as a teacher or some other adult. It could be that you were teased by other kids for being a bit different or being too sensitive. Or it could be that your cultural norms regard sensitivity as being a weakness or a flaw. What does it even mean to be too sensitive? I mean, what does that, yeah, what does that conjure up for you? Often being too sensitive can conjure up a feeling of being too much for other people or feeling as though our experiences don't matter. So consider who said this to you? Where have you received this messaging from? And how can you begin to shift this? In Elaine Aaron's book that I refer to very often, the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, she talks about a concept called healing the split. What she means by this is that as HSPs, we may hold beliefs about ourselves such as I'm too sensitive, weak, emotional, whatever it is, as a result of childhood conditioning. When we work to heal this split, as in the split between simply being sensitive and then regarding this as an innate weakness or flaw, hence the split, we approach our beliefs with a sense of curiosity rather than judgment. So because as a child you formed this common belief as a result of what was communicated to you, either explicitly or implicitly, now it's time to actually do the work to heal this split. 
So now your reflection for this week is to take stock of the limiting beliefs you hold about yourself and how this is in some way impacting your life today or holding you back from what you love. It doesn't need to necessarily be in regards to sensitivity. I mean, you could have grown up in a a environment that really nourished and encouraged and supported sensitivity. Many people have not, though, unfortunately, because being highly sensitive, we do make up about 20% of the population. So it can be a misunderstood trait by others and ourselves. So it could be anything in your life that may be still ringing true for you today. So whether it's sensitivity or beliefs around your creativity, whatever it may be. I'll share an example with you of a client that I worked with who is now in her 60s. So she always loved music and as a child was really excited to take up piano lessons in a group setting, so in a class with other kids. However, she noticed that many of the children were quicker to pick up the lessons than she was. She was really struggling. The teacher wasn't all that helpful. And this was really disheartening for her. So her piano teacher became really frustrated with her. And one day when her mum came to pick her up, the teacher announced to her mother and to the class that your child does not have an ear for music. You can probably hear my cat in the background. (laughs) He's agreeing that this is an absolutely humiliating experience. So my client shared that this experience completely turned her off pursuing her love of music and learning the piano for decades. It wasn't until the past couple of years, once she was in her 60s, that she found the courage to pursue piano lessons again. This time with a teacher who has assured her that there's no such thing as an ear for music, anyone who wants to learn can. And this belief that she held was all because of the opinion of a really mean teacher, which she then internalized and believed to be true and stopped her from pursuing her love of piano and music. Here is your reflection. What are some of my core limiting beliefs? It could be around being too sensitive, shy, weak, too much to handle, too emotional. And where did they come from? It's unlikely that they've come from just one source. It's probably the result of being communicated something over and over again, either explicitly or implicitly. So through um, messaging, through the media, through what your cultural norms or expectations are. The second part to this reflection is how is this core limiting belief holding me back today? The example of my client is, has it stopped me pursuing something that I love or enjoy? Or am I settling for relationships in which I'm always ending up taking on a caring role, but not having my own needs addressed? And the second part to this week is to do something fun, soothing, and healing to your inner child's core need in a way that feels safe for you too. In the example of my client, this was actually taking up piano lessons despite being in her 60s and not feeling as though it was too late, you know, to take up something that she actually really enjoyed and just for the enjoyment of it. 
For you, it could be something similar. It could be taking up an art or drama or cooking class, even though you may have been told that you were no good at it, or maybe you were good at it, but you just didn't pursue it for whatever reason. It could be having a day of fun just for the sake of it. You may have an internalized belief that having fun is a waste of time or it's not productive. Taking yourself for a beach day, a day out with your friends, go to the movies, to an art gallery, write a short story or a silly poem, (laughs) anything which is going to be fun for you. An example of something I did a few years ago to connect with my inner child was to take up evening drama classes just for fun. At the time, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm too old. I'm in my 30s now. Uh, You know, it's a bit too childish. I can't do this. You know, all these limiting beliefs were coming up. But as a child, I moved around a lot with my family and I was going to a new school every couple of years Over time, this did become increasingly difficult for me as it becomes harder to make friends as you get older because as kids get older, they get a little bit clickier and they have their defined groups. And obviously, I didn't realize it at the time, but I often became shyer and retreated more into my shell and felt as though it was no longer safe to express myself to my peers in case no one wanted to be my friend. This, coupled with being a sensitive child, instilled an unconscious belief that I didn't really fit in anywhere. However, drama was always something that I loved because I could disguise myself as a character. When I was in character, I wasn't really me, but I was still able to express myself in a way that was fun and in ways that I'd otherwise be too shy to do. So getting back into drama as an adult was super scary. I was super nervous going to the class and I kept my mind, kept trying to talk myself out of it. But again, it just, I did go through and it allowed me to have that sense of fun and expression whilst also meeting other people and laughing so much in the process too. All of the things that my inner child absolutely loved. Your practice over the next week is to take your inner child on a date that they would love. Or if your energy is feeling a little low this week, it could be something like staying in cozy with plenty of blankets and cushions, depending on where you are in the world. I mean, here in Brisbane, it's probably a bit too warm for that at the moment. But wherever you are, just improvise, have fun. Could be indulging in a movie or a book that you loved as a child. And finally, remember, you deserve for your feelings, emotions and experiences to be acknowledged and validated as much as anyone else. One of the most self-compassionate and healing gifts you can give to yourself is to remind your inner child of how well they're doing or that it's okay to be feeling the way that they're feeling. It's as simple as reminding yourself things like, you're doing so well. I'm proud of you. You handled that situation really well today. You're so strong. It's okay to feel this way. Or I understand you. You get the gist. All of the things that we would like to have said to us when we're feeling perhaps a little bit distressed or a little bit low, you can just as easily soothe your inner child by reminding yourself of these statements. 
that's it for episode 38. I really hope that this has helped you to understand a bit more about your inner child and it's inspired you to explore your relationship with them. Remember, if you'd like to receive the accompanying email guides for today's episode and all the other episodes within four weeks of Gentle Living, be sure to register at www.thegentlelivingnurse.com forward slash four weeks of gentle living. Looking forward to connecting with you again next week for week four of four weeks of gentle living. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in gentle soul. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave me a comment and rating. This helps immensely to boost the visibility of this podcast, making it easier for fellow HSPs to find and to tune in. If you're seeking more connection and would like to find out more about the trait of high sensitivity, come join us in the gentle living for the highly sensitive soul Facebook community. Or if you'd like more tailored and individualized support, you can visit my website to find out more. The links can be found in the show notes.